This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is FinCast, the official podcast of Finn Atlantic International Film Festival, brought to you in partnership with Village Soundcast Network. We are Atlantic Canada's curator of epic and unforgettable stories. Join us as we discuss some of the best and brightest in Atlantic filmmaking and all of the incredible national and international programming we'll be offering at this year's festival. Hello and welcome to FinCast. My name is Jason Beaudry. I'm the director of programming for Finn Atlantic International Film Festival. And I'm joined today by some of the other members of the programming team. I'm Alex Brundage. I'm the program manager. I'm Simon Mutabazi. I'm one of the festival's first-time programmers. I'm Emily Orr. I'm a part-time programmer and print traffic coordinator as well. And today we're going to talk about uh, some of the features and documentaries at this year's festival. We're not going to talk about all of them because we have 35 features <laughs> in the features program and 34 documentaries in the documentaries program. So we're just going to give you a few highlights today. You know, there's so many and there's a lot of will stick out to people when they go through the program guide or look at our online box office. But there's some, some, some definitely some hidden gems here that I think we could probably maybe give a few mm-hmm. insights about for people that are, uh, that are looking through all of the different selections for the festival this year. Does anybody want to start it off? I'm going to, okay, you, you're too, you're too <laughs> slow. I'm going to talk about rodents of unusual size. Yeah. That seems to be one that comes off, uh, <laughs> comes up quite often because you know what? It's, it's got an incredible mine. trailer that looks, you know, in, you know, really, really amusing and funny, and it looks like it's got, you know, a really uh, interesting hook. But there's a lot more substance there mm-hmm. than just it being about rodents of unusual size. It uh, it takes place in Louisiana, and it deals with nutri- uh, a species of rodent called Nutria, which isn't um, native to Louisiana, but was actually brought in in I believe the 18 1800s mm-hmm. uh, to serve as an alternate for the um, the fur trading industry, and either people let them lo- loose, or <laughs> uh, or uh, they got out on their own. But now there are millions of nutria, and they essentially look—they're the size of beavers. They're huge. I've never seen these. And before. they have, and they have teeth like yeah. beavers, but they have a very skinny kind of rat tail. <laughs> and the thing about this film is that it gets into you know the culture around. These in, these these rodents because mm-hmm. they're cooked and eaten and actually people are paid five dollars a tail to actually kill them. Yeah. But the reason that they're paid that and you get to see a lot of interesting characters that you know do this work, uh, the reason is actually quite you know kind of quite scientific and quite impactful to to the environment and the fact that these animals are so voracious and they're eating so much vegetation that part of the shoreline of Louisiana is disappearing. Mm-hmm. And that's why the government is actually, the government of Louisiana is actually paying people to kill these rodents <laughs> yeah. of unusual size. So I think that's, you know, an incredible, incredible selection at, at the festival. I believe that's on Monday at uh, in the evening. I think it's like 940 uh, on the 17th of September. So that's one of mine. Does anybody else have one before I, you know, monopolize everything? Just want to add on that. Wendell Pierce is a, does a really good narration of oh, the first part of Oh, yes. That. Treme, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wendell Pierce from Treme. It's, yeah. it's a really, really great great doc. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I wanted to add is one of the features. Uh, it's a Chinese film called Ashes Purest White uh, from director Zha Zhongke. I really hope I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> I did a little research on how to say it beforehand. Um, but I really um, I really love this film. Um, it uh, it was at Cannes. Um, it's this just a sprawling, uh, sp- spans about uh, 
I'm not actually sure how much I think about 15 years uh, in the life of this uh, gangster's girlfriend who ends up going to prison after defending him. Uh, she she fires off a, a pistol in the air during a street fight. And um, once she's out of uh, of prison, she kind of ends up trying to track him down. And, and I mean, that's just the... the uh, the synopsis you'll read anywhere. I don't want to get into too oh, much. Spoiler. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to ruin too much. But um, people who have more insight than me into Chinese national cinema have also discussed the films of a piece with the director's previous work. Apparently, this is kind of like a, a culmination tracking the evolution of uh, China socially, te- technologically, and economically. So it's this... It's uh, it's yeah, kind of the uh, summation of the filmmaker's career, and it, it it's just uh, even if you don't know anything about the filmmaker, as I didn't going in, um, <laughs> it's a really um, just a really engaging film, really powerful performances, and and it goes some places you might not expect. It's just a, a really great uh, piece of filmmaking. That's a great thing about the the film festival. That's going to be playing in the uh, in the afternoon on the weekend. So you know, we always hope that you can come to a, a variety of different things at the <laughs> festival, where you can get to see. You know, you'll probably be able to see for uh, you know a film from China, a film from Hungary, and a film from Italy all in the same day, and also a film from you know next door. Uh, so I think that's a really good opportunity. Yeah, you can go around the world. <laughs> you really, you really can. You can go around the world in a day at the festival this year. So that's fantastic. Anybody else? Uh, what I'm really excited for is uh, the Fruit Machine. Excellent. Yeah, by Sarah Fode. Is that how you say it? Sarah I think Fode? it's Sarah Fode. She's actually coming to the film festival. Oh, is she coming? That's she is. She'll be able to tell you. She is. I think her flight was super. I think her flight was booked today. Oh hey. hey. Okay. No, that's exciting. It's about um, survivors of four decades long of homosexual LGBTQ witch hunt happening in Canada and um, some of the interviews in this film are just super personal super intimate and these are the people that experience this and it's just it's just shocking living in Canada right now and just sort of seeing this footage and just thinking that's yeah. so recent within the armed forces as mm-hmm. well you know yeah, yeah, yeah. our own government yeah. Is, is, and not very been long ago either. Involved mm-hmm. in this, and you know, and has apologized, and that's get got they get into that into the film. But the incredible stories by the people that are interviewed in, yeah, in this, in this, and actually, I've I've understand that uh, a number of them, um, you know, uh, are people that uh, in, locally that know the people that were in the film as oh, well. Yeah. Too, and so survivors is just like survivor yeah. is just such an accurate term. Yeah. The way they depict their stories and whatnot. Yeah. Just There's like, a lot a lot to be learned from the story so that mistakes like this aren't repeated again. Yeah, The Fruit Machine. Definitely come and check that out. Got anything from us? Yeah, Emily? I do, actually. Uh, Studio 54. Oh. Uh, this was one of my favorites so far. It's playing on Saturday, September 15th at 940. Uh, this one is a really great kind of inside look and not only the the club itself, but the owners behind it, uh, and their their story it's it's pretty it's pretty insane. Um, just like going through the documentary itself, uh, the amount of archival uh, photographs and footage that I've seen of Studio Fifty Four is incredible. Like I I think it's it's the the one place in the seventies that you will see the most um, photographs. It's insane. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good, interesting story about what happens to the owners themselves and the people that worked at, at the club themselves. So it's kind of a nice insight. Um, I know uh, there's been like a couple of films that have shown sort of the outside, the, the glamorous side of of this place, but um, this gets really into the, 
the heart of it. So that's definitely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, it's like one of the key things about this film is I think it's a, a story that a lot of people think that they know. Yeah, it's... but I know even myself and a lot of people, uh, even our executive director, has mm -hmm. seen this film where you know he was very aware of of the story. You know, but it's it's really enlightening and it really gets an inside look and the participation and actually the archive material. Yeah, and even just kind of some of the context that's kind of missed on this being a phenomenon. But why was it a phenomenon? Yeah, going and into for the such nitty gritty of it all short amount of time which is really yeah. interesting because I, I thought Studio 54 was around for ages uh, but I think it was only it was only multiple there. of months, yeah, more than a exactly. year, but not not you know exactly. Yeah, and then and then the the trouble, <laughs> the connections yeah. between you know organized crime and <laughs> wonderful things. I'm gonna go back to China, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I I love I, I really did enjoy this film very very much. Uh, but there's like a couple other reasons why you know a festival can do certain things that maybe you won't be able to do when you you come to the movie theater just on a regular in any old day. And so I'm gonna point out an elephant sitting still by Hubo, probably <laughs> getting that wrong as well. Um, it's uh, it's a film that's 230 minutes long. <laughs> Just for you folks that don't know exactly how long that is, it's three hours and 50 minutes long. And well, you know, part of that is like, oh my God, three hours and 50 minutes long. I will tell you, watching the film, it doesn't feel like two, uh, three hours and 50 minutes. It's uh, an incredible story of all of these disparate lives that are, are, are going through these hardships that become over time interconnected in, in, in the in the process of interconnecting all of these different stories. It keeps you so enraptured in the story that you don't under you don't have any perception of it being longer than let's just say maybe two hours and 15 minutes it really equated that to that in my mind but what other opportunity you're going to be able to get to see a three hour and 50 long, minute long movie <laughs> in a movie theater it's pretty much that's festival territory festival domain and um part of this film there's a bit of a tragedy in the part of this film uh it debuted earlier on this year at the berlin film festival and uh approximately three months before that time uh the director uh and it's it, it deals with world weariness it deals with de depression and hardship in life uh committed suicide the director committed suicide mm -hmm. and i re read recently that some of that might have been uh given the fact that he was asked to cut the film down to three hours and 50 minutes as well so i don't know if that's necessarily the case but i definitely would recommend an elephant sitting still mm -hmm. and uh i mean let's jump from a long film to another long film not quite <laughs> as long uh but the wild pear tree directed by yeah. nuri bilga jalon um a turkish film about this um a young man uh, uh returning from from school to his family's village and I, I mean, I don't know that I could necessarily ruin the plot. It, it's not that it's necessarily plotless. It just is. It's just his his experiences, his life with his family, and their dynamic. Um, uh, Nuri Bilga Jalan uh, made uh, also directed the film uh, Winter Sleep and uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. So he's he's well known for for making lengthy films, and uh, this is one of his. Um, this one has, has been as well reviewed as as his previous efforts, which have all been, you know, uh, massive, 
uh, Win- critical successes. Winter Sleep sold out on a Monday afternoon yeah. a couple of years ago <laughs> at the film festival. So there's definitely a following. I think, you know, we're getting along in this episode. So maybe we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. So just, you know, <laughs> sure. let's not go into depth on them, but just, you know what? These are films. Don't overlook them. There's more that, to them than the synopsis, than the, the description. Yeah. And you're in for a very, very special treat if you come to the festival for these. I'm going to pick out a few myself just right off the top of my head. Giant Little Ones, Keith Behrman. Incredible, incredible film. A great look at, uh, you know, growing up, but also how things can get, uh, you know, mixed up in your life in, in a variety of different ways and how you can come uh, come through all of that. Uh, it's really, really a tremendous film. The Woman Who Loves Giraffes. This mm-hmm. is essentially the Jane Goodall of giraffes and in a stag. And you know what? It, I don't want to be, uh, you know, joking when I say that. This is a really tremendous film. And this woman did work studying giraffes even before Jane Goodall uh, really made an impact with her own work. So this is an incredible documentary. I really hope people can uh, come out and see that. And also, we have a couple of uh, Japanese anime this year, and uh, one of them is a brand new film called Mirai. And, you know, I have uh, some children myself, and any of those folks uh, that do have children out there are definitely going to get something out of this. It's definitely something that kids can come and watch. It's going to be Japanese with English subtitles, but um, kind of the mannerisms, the daily, you know, kind of goings on of, of life. You can tell that they studied the movements and cadences of parents and children, but there's all these, these amazing, fantastic visual elements and fantasy throughout the film so uh, this is just a few new romantic I'm going to stop really really soon Anger, and that's it <laughs> anybody else rapid fire yeah uh, Transit uh, directed by Christian mm-hmm. Petzold yeah I know Jason you were really uh, into this fan. one as well uh, it's a really creative story about uh, immigration and the, the flight from fascist uh, dictators um, again yeah we're doing rapid fire so I won't go too much yeah. into it but it is a really great film <laughs> Um, Finding the Secret Path, uh, by, directed by Mike Downey, is about um, uh, the performance of um, uh, one of Gord Downey's last performances uh, about um, Chani Wenjack, uh, the 12-year-old boy who died in 1966 after running away from a residential school in uh, Ontario. And I, I'm already going on too long. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was a big multimedia project uh, with uh, Jeff, Jeff Lemire as well, comic book artist. And it's, um, yeah, it's just a really phenomenal um, uh, performance and a, a really good... Uh, a performance in front of the entire, or the most of the Wenjack family. Yeah, and Gord yeah. regarded it as, according to Mike, Gord regarded it as the most important performance he had given. Yeah, so, so. it's definitely one not to miss, but I, I've, I'll i keep it to two because I, <laughs> I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't hold back. <laughs> Got anything uh, for us, Emily? Yeah, definitely. Um, a couple of mine. Uh, the Heat, A Kitchen Revolution. Um, directed by my Gallus. It's playing Wednesday, September 19th at 4. Uh, this is about um, kind of the the kitchen culture uh, and how we need to start recognizing female chefs um, and just giving them a voice when it really hasn't been, been given, I guess. Um, definitely an important watch. I really enjoyed it and I do recommend it. We've got a really good um, uh, culinary sort of community in Halifax, and I think it's definitely something for, for everyone there. Uh, also, one more, uh, Just Be Gemma. This is another one that's a super interesting story that surrounds the subject of gender transformation. Um, it's really raw, it's great, it's from Newfoundland, 
uh, it's definitely an important watch too as well uh, and it, it was definitely one of my favorites too you get the last word Simon you got anything for us <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> well I'll say the new romantic that's on Sunday night uh a really cool Canadian film by an upcoming filmmaker. When I say that, I also think of Firecrackers as well, Jasmine mm-hmm. Masafari, and that's on, uh, I think, Tuesday night. Uh, definitely young Canadian female directors to look out mm-hmm. for. Watch out for Carly Stone and Jasmine Masafari. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for joining us today on FinCast, and we hope we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to FinCast. Brought to you from the Village Sound Studios. Please tune in next time as we dive into the 2018 short film programs. To learn more and to purchase tickets, visit finfestival.ca or visit our box office kiosk at Park Lane Mall. We'll see you next time. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 